the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. finally do move uh, to doing the show from offside. It, it, let me let me try to help everybody understand what's going on. Tomorrow we'll do my uh, show from my house. And uh, we have the ability to do that fairly easily. So we're going to we're going to just make sure that we've got it all ready and set to go because if you've been re- following the news if you've been listening to the show, you know there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are talking about somewhere down the road here fairly soon, with it, whether it's a month from now, two weeks from now, two months from now, they're going to kind of ask for everybody to hunker down, to, self, to self-quarantine themselves. And uh, the, the whole social distancing thing is well and good, but... What they'd like to do is just get people to stay home and stay away from each other for a while. So when that happens, we want to continue doing uh, the Dave Ellswick show, of course. So when that happens, I'll take what we call our Comrex and I'll hook it up at home and it runs by Wi-Fi and I have Wi-Fi at my house and we'll hook up to my Wi-Fi and I should be able to broadcast without much of any problem this is what we think at least uh from my house that's why tomorrow i will be at my home doing doing the show so i just want to keep let you know that that that's coming and uh when we get to the point where we have to do that we'll be ready to have to do that and today just so you know here on the show jr Davis is with us, and uh, over uh, the last few months and all the traveling he's done and things of that nature, he's going to be overly cautious today. Just to be honest, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not scared of Jr. at all. All right, it's that's, not, well, that's true. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not like I'm gonna you know, you know, kiss you on the cheek or anything like that. So I'm not really worried about it, but. He has decided that he is self-quarantining right now, and so he's going, to, he's going to be on the phone with me. You're going to hear a lot of my guests from now on for the next few months probably uh, being on the phone. I can tell you that tomorrow Robert Steinbach will be on phone because if I'm not mistaken, uh, the law school 
is closed right now, if I'm not mistaken. They're like every other school. And uh, he's just going to do everything from his house. And I couldn't even look. We've known each other for, you know, over a decade. And I can't. <laughs> he's not coming in. It's that simple. He's yeah. not going to come in with us tomorrow. So why don't you explain to folks what your thought process was about this? Well, I just think it's. Uh, can you hear me? Dave, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think my. You know, the whole issue here is we just we're living in very very different times, uh, and things have just unfolded in a really unprecedented way the last week. Um, and and I think you know what really uh, kind of starts hitting home for folks is you know everybody you know uh, has relatives, uh, older relatives. You know, my think about my parents, um, and it's not necessarily you know sort of the younger American group uh, that is at risk, uh, but it's those who may have some sort of uh, underlying health concern uh, or a little bit older. Um, And so I think it's important for people to kind of remember that aspect of this as we move through it, uh, that we have sort of a responsibility to make sure we're, we're doing what we can not to, you know, uh, whether it be a carrier or someone who might be able to spread it. And just to clear up, I, you know, I haven't been around anyone. I don't think that there's uh, uh, necessarily um, an issue with me, but, you know, I actually do have an autoimmune disorder. So little things like that are something that I have to be careful of. Um, not all the time, but something like this, you know, probably something uh, that I need to, uh, think twice about but again going back to what i I said before dave it's just uh, i'd like to get your perspective but i I just can't this is just a very very uh, uh, different time we're living in well it's it's definitely that i i don't i don't disagree with you i mean i look at myself hard for me to look at myself this way to be honest with you that i am 67 years old now so just Age-wise, I'm 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 bumping into those groups that they say are more prevalent to getting the uh, disease if it's around, uh, set and and being attacked body bodily wise by it. I have type two diabetes, and uh, you know the I've been fighting this thing with my foot yeah. now for six months, and I four years ago in May I had quintuple bypass, so it just makes sense to me that and and i started thinking about this even more so after i had uh conversed with you and i just thought this is probably the new normal for me you know for Mm -hmm. the next few months so you know i can still do my show exactly yeah that's the beauty of radio um you know and i will say that uh I, i just there's so much that it's very easy just to kind of go out and do your own thing um, and say, you know, I'm not going to really worry about this. Um, uh, I don't want it to disrupt my life. I think something that people have to really remember and understand is that this, when we say, when we say that, you know, the schools are going to be closed for two weeks, when, when the governor says the schools are going to be closed for two weeks, uh, when you see some of these other states that say we're closing bars and restaurants and definitely, um, you know, but maybe three weeks, we'll see what it looks like in early May. 
there's these sort of arbitrary timelines that we're putting on some of these deals because the fact of the matter is we really don't know what we're dealing with. Um, and so, you know, to say that possibly schools kind of come back in two weeks, that's probably a farce. That's probably not going to happen. Um, this is just sort of the beginning of what we're looking at right now. We have to, number one, figure out what we're dealing with, be able to test as many people in our state as possible. Uh, we have to get people on board uh, to self-quarantine or social distance themselves. Just make sure that, look, you're not in clusters of people. That's how this spreads. Uh, I think our governor has done a remarkable job. He's been thoughtful and measured. And I mean this truly, not just because I used to be a spokesperson, but you think about it this way. He came out and said, look, we need to, we started off with about four counties in central Arkansas. Right. We need to uh, go ahead and, and close the schools for a couple of weeks. And then we've been going by counties um, where uh, positive coronavirus um, uh, reports have come from. Then there was this massive call to close the schools, and that was after some of the other states have done it. Then you have these other states that are saying we're closing down bars and restaurants and businesses, and we're forcing that closure. I think Governor Hutchinson understands that this has to be a thoughtful and delicate approach to something like that. One, you've seen a lot of these businesses do this on their own, right? Right. They say, we're going to step back. We're going to close our, you know, especially hospitality industry. We're going to step back. We're not doing full service anymore. People can't congregate in our establishment, but you can get takeout. Uh, we will do curbside service, and I'll get to that in a minute. But you've seen a lot of these businesses that have said, we're going to send our employees home. We're going to work from home. They're doing this all on their own. And I think to have a government mandate to shut everything down, especially knowing what we know, which is very little at this time, there's a potential that, you know, we have to force a a ridiculously bad recession just for us to come out of this uh, in a more timely manner, which is crazy to think that. I mean, we have to force a recession, essentially, in order to come out of this. Uh, and I think, you know, doing it immediately and shutting things down, there's going to be some repercussions to that, uh, that I don't think we've ever really witnessed before, uh, including if, if we're not able to, if the hospitality industry is not able to adapt and figure out different approaches to sell their product in this case, you know, food, yes. um, uh, it, it can be catastrophic. I mean, it, it may absolutely destroy the hospitality industry in the United States, which, as you know, is a very, very big industry. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, I, I was talking about this yesterday. Uh, I was watching the uh, presser that the president uh, did, and he had the hospitality industry there, the big boys, mm. sitting around the table with him. And he had Hilton, and he had Best Western, and he had a lot of different you know, people that – as you travel down the highway, you see their names all the time. Yeah. And he was talking to Hilton, and I had no idea. He asked Hilton how many people they employed just worldwide. Take a guess. No, oh, I'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah, 450,000. Yeah. Wow. 450,000 people. Now, that's worldwide. I don't know what the exact breakdown here is in the United States, but I'm sure it's near 100,000 or, if not, over that. Many of those people oh, are going to yeah. be without jobs. 
And that and that's the thing that like I've been keeping up with the aid packages coming from um, Washington. I know they just passed one yesterday. The president signed late last night. That is going to, you know, I hate to use the word infuse. I think it will help. There will be basically checks cut to American citizens yep. uh, to try to help them through this process. Uh, I think one in April and then one in May. That's correct. That's helpful. That's helpful, but it's not something that's going to cure what's going on right now. And I'm not, not a knock to the president or Congress. I don't know what you can do right now because this is happening so fast. Let me give you a quick example. Um, there is a company uh, here in Little Rock. Um, it's called you know, Yellow Rocket, and they are the company that owns several of the restaurant establishments here, Big Orange, Heights Tacos and Tamales, Local Lime, Lost Forty, Zaza's. There was an article on a local uh, blog, and I believe that the owner said that uh, within a week they had uh, lost 80% of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, and, and that's remarkable when you think of it that way, 80%, uh, of, of what they, you know, uh, yeah, I heard but they do in business, they're doing business. You mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, it's in a pain tone that restaurant sales declined almost 80% in just a week, Wow, 80% in just a week. But I'll, I will say this, when we talk about that adaptability, which I think is really, really important in this time for us to, uh, continue to have. Um, you know, that uh, uh, thriving hospitality industry once all of this is over. And so last night, they're doing a lot of things here in Little Rock. You know, it's date night by curbside, you know, date night by takeout, and all that sort of stuff where they're still encouraging people to, you know, call it in, uh, pick up your food. And, and I, I was curious, you know, how much interaction there really is. So last night I got a, you know, pizza from, from Zaza's, called it in, Paid for it over the phone. I uh, did the curbside. Got there. Called them back. Told them what car I was in. They came out with gloves on, handed me the pizza, and I took off. And uh, and I thought that was such a unique uh, and and very quickly uh, you know transitioning from full service to curbside takeout. They were doing pretty well. I just think that that's the kind of stuff we have to be thinking of. There's, there's a lot of these entrepreneurial entrepreneurs that you know. Uh, that's what they do. They adapt, you know, uh, and, and I think it's going to be more difficult in a time like this, but, uh, where we can, if you are employed, you can work from home. Uh, you're not really taking any sort of financial hit. Just consider, you know, giving back to the community where you can, because as Dave mentioned, there's just, there are so many hospitality industry, uh, employees, that are completely out of a job right now because, you know, when you go to a restaurant, if you're a waiter or a waitress or a bartender, there's no people to wait on. Nope. Uh, there is and, nobody. Uh, and yeah. And it's a big, big deal. Yeah, I agree. J.R. Davis is our guest from Gilmore group. He's joining us today. We'll talk a little politics with him, but a lot that we'll speak about today is, you know, things have changed some. Uh, do I totally agree with it? Not totally, but I'm going, I'm giving, look, here's, I'm going for, from just being a rights guy to being, I'm going back to my, my service time. And now I'm doing my duty. All right. Sometimes doing your duty means 
you have to pull back. You got to do what the, the the people at the top are asking you to do. You know, there's that's that that whole honor duty and things that we talk about in the military. Military members will tell you it works. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more here with J.R. Davis on the Dave Ellswick Show. 22 minutes after 6, looking at my temperature right now, it's 65 degrees. More coming your way in a moment. 101.1 FM, the answer. All right, 67 degrees and uh, about 25 minutes after 6 in the morning. J.R. Davis is my guest. JR typically joins me every Thursday in the six o'clock hour. It's from the Gilmore Group, and uh, let's talk just a tad bit of politics. I don't want people to think that I've gone completely bonkers or something. I'm just I'm going to be uh, you know coronavirus twenty four seven or something. That's not what I'm going to do. Never, unless it gets a whole lot worse, and then I'll be doing it because I'll be asked to do it from people much higher up than I am. But the bottom line is uh, Bernie Sanders took a pretty good drubbing again uh, Tuesday night, uh, Jr. He is uh, evidently talking to, to Joe Biden. He says they're, they're, uh, they're talking about coronavirus is what they say. I doubt that. But uh, people have to understand, even though Bernie looks like he won't get the nomination when he shows up in uh, uh, Milwaukee, right off the bat neither it looks like will biden which means you got these people just kind of hanging out there and and uh, that gives sanders a little bit of uh, of power would you agree oh yeah absolutely uh i think that you know we all know uh what bernie sanders cares about and that is a specific uh you know specific planks in the platform of the Democratic Party. Uh, he'd love to be president, obviously. He'd love to be the nominee. Uh, more than anything, he wants to see something actually change, you know, and have some sort of impact uh, on, on what he's been working for his entire career. And this is, look, this is his last shot. Um, he's, what, 78 years yeah, old? Yeah, he would be 80 years old on if he was not. So 79, yeah. Yeah. 79 years old, uh, be 80 if, uh, if he was elected president. So this is kind of his last uh, hurrah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I don't see him, I don't see him going down uh, with, without a, a fight, if you will, meaning you know, he's going to wield what power influence he has. Because, look, at the end of the day, the Democrats need Bernie voters to beat Trump. We saw this with Hillary Clinton in 2016. Now there were some uh, there were some screwy issues with Hillary's campaign and not going to where she needed to in the final, uh, you know, month or so. Uh, but it was a big deal, and there's there's uh, you know uh, analysis out there that shows that a lot of these Bernie voters stayed home because they weren't excited about Hillary, and so uh, Biden needs Sanders' support. Sanders knows that. And so I think, you know, he's going to do everything he possibly can in order to, uh, you know, build what he can. Let me ask you a question. We got a minute before we got to get to the news. But if you were a Bernie voter, and I know you're not, you know that I'm not, but I try to put myself in their shoes, which is difficult for me, but uh, trying to put myself in their shoes, 
if Bernie came out and said that he was going to back Biden, what would have to happen from Biden's side to make me want to turn out to vote? I mean, the only thing seems like to me that Bernie could say is we must defeat Donald Trump. I think that's I think that's what it would be. I think that's all it'll be. I mean, look at it like this. I know we got to run here in a second, but 18 days ago, 18, less than three weeks, Biden was dead. Bernie was the basically presumptive nominee of the party. 18 days later, things have drastically changed. Uh, and Bernie Sanders is Bernie Sanders is dead in the water now more so than he was with Hillary Clinton in 2016. Yes. So uh, so things have changed drastically. I do think that if he comes out, you know, if he if he stops his campaign, endorses Biden, the only thing that he can say really and truly is what you're going to hear throughout the summer and into the fall is we must defeat Trump. We must defeat Trump. And I'm sure there it is a on the coronavirus. All right. Back our guest, J.R. Davis, uh, looking at 25 minutes till seven right now. And uh, our temperature is 67 degrees here in the city. Uh, going to a high today, they're telling us. I'm taking a look here. Uh, that, that uh, About 78 degrees today, a high. New rainfall amounts between a tenth and a quarter of an inch, except higher amounts possible in thunderstorms. Tomorrow, 30% chance of showers, mostly cloudy. Temperature falling to around 59 degrees. So tomorrow I'll feel chilly out, but I'm doing my show from uh, my house. And so uh, I don't have to go out. I'll have my coffee pot sitting right there on the table. I'll send a picture out tomorrow, and I'm going to title it 21st Century Talk Radio because it's really amazing what we can do now with the technology yeah. that we have, Jr. It's, it's it's incredible. I am going out today to one of the big box stores, and I'm buying myself a new printer, something that's pretty quick on printing, so that and then I'm going to hook it up through my tele my phone, my cell phone, so I can uh, print either off my cell phone or my laptop. That and I'll have that ready to go tomorrow. How about that, huh? Pretty sweet. Yeah, don't call me a Luddite. I'm not one of them. I like technology. I really do. I'm The reason, again, I'm doing this is we're kind of working through this a little bit so that we'll make sure that things uh, will be, uh, you know, ready to go if we have to do it this way. Speaking of having to do it this way, the Daily Signal had a really interesting story. Did you get my text that I sent you? Uh, I did not get, I got your text, but we wanted to talk. Oh, wait, right now. I'm yeah, sorry. I just sent you a text. Uh, I didn't yeah. send you the story, but I've got the story in front of me, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I want people to consider this for a moment because this is pretty interesting. Uh, the daily signal, you know, they are a conservative group. They were started by, uh, Tucker Carlson. Fred Lucas writes uh, an article for them today and, uh, you know, Fred's been around for a long, long time. Here's what he says. Four ways coronavirus may change how you vote. I hadn't even given any thought to this. this they're not going to want us to gather together, I bet you, in November. So how do we mitigate that? Number one, here, let's talk about current laws and past precedent. Uh, currently, 12 states have a law specifically authorizing the state's governor 
or chief election official to suspend, delay, or propose, uh, postpone an election after the governor declares a state of emergency, according to the National Association of Secretaries of State. Where do we stand on that? Do you know, Jr.? I mean, you work pretty closely with the governor and the secretary of state. Do you know where we stand on that? Uh, you know, I actually, I'm not sure exactly where we stand on the, that specific uh, law there. I do know that, uh, like, for example, you know, the primary or the runoff dates coming up, March 31st, I believe the governor has uh, authority to uh, move those or postpone those. That's not happening at the moment, but I'll look into that for sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting because the last time anything disrupted voting for pretty much so, although we saw some of it happen Tuesday. I mean, a judge told the governor of Ohio, you got to have elections. He said, I'm not having elections. In West Virginia, they decided to have an election. Guess what? Poll worker, workers just didn't show up. So that kind of disrupted yep. everything. But uh, recent past precedent for dealing with emergencies at election time came when Hurricane Sandy hit more than a dozen East Coast states ahead of the 2012 presidential election. Several governors issued executive orders to implement alternative voting procedures and extended absentee voting uh, deadlines. So what are the uh, election changes we've seen so far? Ohio was supposed to be among four states holding a presidential primary Tuesday. Governor Mike DeWine, a Republican, postponed the primary to June, hours before the polls were scheduled to open as new health concerns emerged. Ohio, one of five states to make changes in scheduled elections. Kentucky announced it was moving its primary from May to June. Maryland postponed its primary from April April until June. Georgia from March until May. Louisiana from April to until June. That's big. That's big changes going on there. Yeah, that's big changes. How about casting a remote vote? We've all, I don't know, you've, you've probably been part of sitting around uh, with a bunch of wonky people like me and and uh, having some kind of uh, beer or adult beverage and talking about when are we going to move into the 21st century in the way we vote? Yeah. Are, are we going to have to go and always keep using these voting booths and stuff? Are we ever going to go where you can just cast it on the internet and things of that nature? Uh, the vast majority of states, 33, already allow absentee voting without the need to provide a reason now. Total of five states, Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Washington, Utah, hold elections entirely by mail. Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez has asked the 21 remaining states with Democratic primaries to allow mail-in voting. Uh, so, you know, they're saying the simplest tool to make changes is to do mail-in ballots. Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, Ron Wyden of Oregon, both Democrats, proposed legislation to expand early in-person voting and no-excuse absentee voting by mail to all states. Kind of little have a little problem with that no-excuse thing. Uh, yeah. State and local officials are encouraging voters to vote absentee and avoid crowds and are expanding absentee eligibility so it looks like absentee voting is going to really expand here but the, the more i read of all of this you know the thing that i don't see 
I don't see internet or computers all that much, which kind of surprises me. Does that surprise you? Yeah, and I think going back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, I think people have been talking about this for a while, way before this pandemic uh, that we're facing. And that's, you know, we have so much technology now, there's got to be a way to do something, uh, you know, on your phone or online or something like that. I do think there has to be some sort of, you know, uh, safeguards put in place, obviously, to protect the integrity uh, of, of the ballot box. But, I mean, I think we're moving in that direction it's not just, you know, the way we vote either. I mean, I think people, uh, this is very much a 9-11 uh, type of event. And when I say that, I mean, you remember, Dave, you know, the way the world was before 9-11 was drastically different after 9-11. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what we're facing right now. And, and I, I know that sounds strange, but it, it, this is something that, you know, over the next, basically from basically last week. I mean, just, just think of what has happened in the last week, you know, as far as we saw it was coming, there were some cases and all of a sudden everything in the world started being canceled. You know, we had parts of New York that went on lockdown, parts of the West coast that went on lockdown. Other States are, 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 you know, are canceling or shutting down businesses, restaurants. I feel like to say, over time, th- our world is going to be very, very different from this point forward. Some good, some bad, you know, just as far as the differences, just the way it is with change. But, Dave, we're having companies that are having to figure out how to how, how to allow their employees by the hundreds, if not thousands, to work from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've never had to do that before. They never thought they'd have to do that before. But now it's basically saying, okay, we have to come up with these contingency plans. We're doing it right now. I promise you when this is all said and done, the way we do business, the way we interact, uh, the way people work, uh, it's going to change drastically. And, and I think voting, I think voting is part of that. I think voting, uh, I don't know, you know, if voting in groups, uh, any longer will be sort of the norm. Yeah. I, I've been saying this a long time, and that is, for instance, legislatively here in the state, we'll just use the the state right now, instead of coming into Little Rock to have committee meetings, there's no reason why these elected officials can't log on and be part of a meeting and be seen at uh, on other people's laptops and see everybody else on their laptop and carry on state businesses without having us having to pay for their gas and pay for their meals and pay for their stay and all the rest of the stuff that we pay for. No, you're you're exactly uh, 100% right. Think about this too. It's not just, uh, you know, what you're talking about or how we vote. Think about how these candidates are going to have to campaign uh, moving forward, and we just finished up. We just finished up. Uh, you know, the the, pri- the, the primary for twenty twenty. Right. Uh, we had a really really close race down in District thirty one between uh, uh, R J Hawk and um, Keith Brooks. How many votes and, was that? Finally, like fifty or something like that. 
Yeah, I think it was, I don't remember the final vote uh, as far as once the recount everything was done. I think he he lost a couple and picked up a couple or something like that. But it was still very close to about twenty seven, less than thirty votes. Wow. But the reason for it is that it's the door to door. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going door to door and asking people for their vote, their commitment. You're not going to be able to do that. Uh, people are so concerned uh, right now about, and, and I think it's it's you know it's becoming more and more clear to folks that uh, where maybe they didn't take it as seriously before. I was one of them. I was um, one too. It more, and that we're taking it more seriously now, and and it's really having to do with more of. You know, the fact that maybe they have kids or they have elderly parents or they're caring for someone elderly or they work with elderly, just something that people just don't want to to come in contact uh, with someone who may be carrying it. And so, you know, again, I think this this too shall pass in some form. But, you know, right now, people don't want random people showing up at their door to talk to them uh, or people trying to get you to sign some petition outside of Kroger. I mean, all of these things, it's just going to very much affect the way we do things in this nation for, I believe, some time, because I don't think that this is going anywhere anytime soon. Dave, you've probably seen or read the same stuff. You know, we're looking at 12 to 18 months of this. That's what I've been saying. Uh, because they want to, you know, you've seen this, this verbiage, uh, you know, they call it, flattening the curve, mm-hmm. which essentially means let people get infected with this over time versus all at once so we don't uh, overwhelm our hospitals. And so when you do that, you know, you're, you're expanding this timeline of infections, uh, so, which is not a bad thing because, we, we, you know, the worst case scenario Dave, as you know, is we do not want to overwhelm our hospitals. Listen, I don't give Democrats much credit at all. I thought Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, had something interesting to say. I think it was the other day, maybe two days ago, when he was talking about uh, hospitals in New York. And and he actually made one of the best cases. And again, I'm not saying I'm uh, for this by any means, but he made one of the best cases, you know, for you know, healthcare reform in the country that you have all of these hospitals in New York City. These are privately owned hospitals. In New York City, there are only 3,000 ICU beds. 3,000. And the reason is because these are private companies and they're not, they're not, you know, providing more ICU beds than needed because they're expensive. And so we're talking about New York City with 3,000 ICU beds uh, you kind of look at every state after that and figure out how many beds are available. There's where the scary potential is, is that if you inundate these hospitals here in Arkansas with coronavirus victims, then then everything else is, is left sort of on the side, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, car crash, heart attack, whatever it might be, where do these people go? And that's where I think there is a, tremendous potential for catastrophe, which is why you talk about, which is why you hear so much about flattening the curve, that we try to just social distance, keep everybody away from everybody. As as you get it over the next 12 to 18 months, they can deal with it, you know, much more easily at that point than all at once. But, 
it's going to be here a while, and this is going to be part of our normal life for quite some time, which is why I say, you know, we have a very uh, innovative, uh, uh, we're a very innovative country. Uh, we're dreamers, entrepreneurial spirit. People are going to adapt and figure out new ways uh, as to how to do things. Um, and it's just going to be very, very different. Um, I agree with you. All right, we're going to get our final break in. Boy, it's fast hours today. There's a lot of things to talk about. When we come back, J.R. Davis uh, continues to be my guest. He'll be with me to the top of the hour. Then we'll come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show next hour. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Terry Yamauchi will be here in studio. Now, he's coming into the studio to sit down and talk with me today with all things new about the whole thing dealing with uh, the, this, uh, you know, COVID-19. Let's just say it that way. I heard yesterday, I had a doctor's appointment, won't say who told me, but they told me that the surgeries for, you know, hip replacements, things of that nature, are going to be start being put on hold and those surgical units are going to be switched over for ICU business. Just a word for you to kind of bring this up to date for you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Nine minutes till seven on a Thursday. More coming your way. 67 degrees, heading for 78 today. Uh, I had somebody just text me saying, Dave, uh, this is Elizabeth. She, you know, she's, she's up and she keeps me informed, Jr. All elective activity has been halted, uh, even in dentist offices and at the vets. Just to tell people how this is, this is all, all changing. And and the the thing that I think everybody needs to understand is, as some of these changes happen, I think some of them may be for the positive, and we'll see those changes stick around. The whole thing about being able to work from home, I think that's going to be something that people are going to do more and more of it's it's kind of been the old guard has kept that from happening but i think it's going to this is going to break down that wall what you think are your thoughts about that no i agree with that i think that you know we live in a uh day and age it's 2020 i mean so as you mentioned we were talking about technology earlier um most individuals uh, if given you know the proper tools or resources you know, absolutely have the ability to work from home. Um, and so I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of these, not just with private sector, but with, you know, uh, with public sector uh, and government agencies trying to figure out how to, uh, you know, uh, get their employees, you know, equipping them with what they need to work from home. We're seeing all that sort of happen right now. Um, and over the next 12 to 18 months, I think that's going to become the normal. And that's where you're going to see people, you know, work from home and, and have a little bit more flexibility. And I think that might be one of the positive things that come out of this is that, you know, we, we, we live in a day and age where you can have a little bit more flexibility if you have kids or you're dealing with something else and, you know, more project based versus that regular eight to five, uh, nine to five routine. Uh, I will say, Dave, we're talking about some of the good versus the bad. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a Politico article where I think this just kind of puts things in perspective. It's not to scare people. I just think it's it's important to know that, you know, uh, our Surgeon General, Greg Bledsoe, tweeted something out a couple days ago. Maybe it was last night. I don't know. Everything's running together. 
but he said something that, you know, was, you know, simple, but it was profound. I thought that he said, right now, this is a health story. In 30 days, it will be a health story and an economic, uh, you know, uh, story. Yes. Um, and, and that's really what it's going to be. Um, but to my point, there was an article uh, laying out sort of this trillion-dollar uh, bailout package or stimulus package uh, from the federal government they're debating right now. And, and uh, Steve Mnuchin, um, uh, he warned senators that if they didn't reach a deal quickly, unemployment could be as high as 20%. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and this is what's interesting. The jobless rate peaked at 10% in 2009 after the Great Recession and 25% in 1933 during the Great Depression. So what we're talking about is twice as, as high an unemployment rate as the Great Recession in 2009, 2008, 2009, and just 5% points off of the Great Depression. I mean, there, there are things that, you know, I go back to sort of my original comments at the beginning of this about Yellow Rocket and the company here in Little Rock that said, you know, in the first week, they saw sales plummet 80%. We saw the stock market uh, take some of the largest hits in the history of the stock market the last 10 days or so. Uh, the the are, energy, energy yeah. companies taking the biggest hits yeah. ever. Ever, ever. Well, we got uh, oil going for like 24 bucks a barrel. They said um, yesterday we may see gasoline before the summer is done under a dollar. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't disbelieve it. And here's the thing, too. You know, we talk about that. This is also a really strange part of the economy. We've got oil, which is honestly it's completely different things. has nothing to do with the coronavirus. And then we have all of this other stuff going on with the coronavirus, and it's sort of the perfect storm the stock market. All this is hitting at once. Yep. Uh, so, again, it's just one of those things where we all have to stay vigilant, continue to monitor the situation, be smart. JR, I got to jump in. I got to let you go, brother. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. We'll see you next yep. Thursday. Good to see you, Dave. experiences on the coronavirus thus far socialized medicine sucks all right i'm just saying go to italy i don't think you want to be there right now i don't want to go there i don't want to be there i don't want to be in china i don't want to go anywhere really yeah i'm saying dr terry yamauchi my man is in the house i'm surprised he came in today but he did i'm surprised i got in and the door is always locked yes we had locked and i'm if you if you're watching on Facebook, look at what he's doing. I have wipes here in the studio for everybody who comes in. Everybody gets to wipe down. This I think everybody honorarium. should wipe down. Yeah, you know? honorarium. I get two of them. I might even get <laughs> another one when I leave. 
First thing I told him, take a wipe, wipe, wipe off your uh, your your uh, windshield, your wind uh, sock on your on your microphone. I did clean it, and then clean the table in front of your microphone. And I did. Uh, I don't know if it's done yet. I do know that Elizabeth is getting to it. She's busy, busy, busy right now. I keep her busy, and I want to thank her for all the great work she does because uh, she does this out of out of her own love. Uh, for the Dave Ellswick show and for you, the listener. And she's up early in the morning contacting me and keeping me up on any kind of super breaking news that I need to know about. And she's texting me on phone at any given time. But uh, she just sent me saying the trading floor at the New York Stock Exchange is closed. Traders are working from home. It is the first time ever that the trading floor has been closed. They had two people show up positive yesterday, coronavirus, not taking any chances, shut it down, shut it down. And I'm sure they're giving it what everybody likes to call a deep cleaning that's going on. But there's a, a, a video I've asked her to put on my Facebook uh, when it shows. And she lets me know that it's there. You need, I'm going to just tell you, I'm not going to ask you, if you have time to watch it, I'm going to tell you, you need to go to my Facebook and watch this video. It is done, uh, I think the guy was a NASA scientist, It's about 10 minutes long. Uh, Terry knew what I was talking about as soon as I mentioned it. Uh, this guy used what's called glow germs, and uh, they're not really germs. It's a powder you can't see, just like germs. You can't see germs. And you you put it on your hands or whatever, or you put it on other people's hands and they don't know you put it on them. Like you shake their, you put it on your hand, you shake their hand so they got it on them. And then when you turn on an ultraviolet light, like in CSI, it's, you know, the bodily fluids that always glow, this stuff glows. And what was really bizarre about it, I, I forget what grade uh, the elementary school was that, uh, he used as his, uh, you know, experimental area. They cleaned this whole area down. It was clean in the morning. There was nothing there. And uh, the teacher put some on their hands, this glow germ. They shook the hands of three students and did Yamauchi bumps on everybody else. By noon, they turned on the ultraviolet light. And the glow germs were everywhere. They were all over the other kids. They were all over the tabletops, the the doorknobs, the printer, the phone, everywhere. And uh, the the one that really blew me away is only only three kids have been given this, and every child, every child, Terry. Their faces were glowing because they had this stuff on their faces, and that's the worst place you can have it at. It was amazing. It's an it's an amazing video. You should watch it. It make you think, and will make you change the way you do things. And well, that, he, he was a teaching ahead. age uh, in medical school, but actually uh, early on in medical school, they've had us put coal black. You know what that is? It's a yes, like a charcoal. Yeah. Powdered charcoal. Real fine powder. Right. And uh, uh, blindfolded us and put us at a sink and said, wash your hands till you think you have them clean. 
That's part of this, too. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you'd be scrubbing your hands and washing them, thinking, ah, boy, I'm really, you know, getting all these. And uh, then you took off your your goggles or your mask, blindfolds, and looked at your hands and looked under your nails. And, under your fingernails and yep. the crevices between your fingers. Right. There, and it, was there a, it lurks. And you were thinking, oh, I'm just scrubbing my hands till they're raw. But yeah, it's exactly right. It's still there. And the the other thing they did in this, I think, is interesting, and I, I hope that you'll take this uh, to heart, is it showed these kids doing the same thing. This stuff is showing up on their hands, and they're, they're scrubbing, man. They're scrubbing their hands. Now, they can't see it when they're scrubbing their hands because the black light's not on them. Then they show it, and they show that they still have some on their hands. Mm-hmm. However, the first thing they did after they washed their hands was, what do you think? What do you think they grabbed? Uh, the knobs on the sink? No. Oh. Their cell phones. Oh, okay. They grabbed their cell phones, and they 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 showed their cell phones under the light, and they were so contaminated, it was scary. Now, here here's what's important to understand. You can take a Lysol wipe, and for you who are watching, like these right here, Okay. And you can take one of those, and you can clean your phone with it. Now, I'm not saying you're killing every freaking germ that's on your phone, because that's you know I don't want you to become obsessive about it. I don't want everybody in America to become OCD by the time this is over with. But you can wipe it all down, and you can do that. Uh, the the professionals are saying that make these phones and saying you can do that. You know, a couple of times a day. And it doesn't cause any damage to your phone if you're afraid that it does that. But at least you kill some of the germs that are on your phone. And there's a lot of them because, you know, you put that phone right up against your lips, basically. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I will put in one plug here. Uh, People are all, you know, asking me about wiping their phones or wiping surfaces at home. And... um, uh, you don't need to use alcohol sprays or uh, disinfectants. Uh, actually, for this virus, soap and water works just fine. Right. In fact, if you look on, go on the computer and uh, internet and look for how to clean, the first thing they list is soap and water. And talking about uh, soup soaps actually uh, working against the outside of a vi- this particular virus. So. Uh, you know, people should have soap and water at home and actually. And use fairly warm water. Don't use cold water. Use, you know, above medium warm to just where you don't scald yourself, but use hot water. Sure. And and the other thing is uh, agitate. Rub, rub your hands. Uh, actually, there's some research data that shows if you just use you know, warm water and good agitation, you get a lot of material, including germs, off of your hands. So if you didn't have soap, <laughs> just agitate with lots of water uh, yeah. is also helpful. I uh, I watched a video of uh, how surgeons are supposed to scrub. And I, you know, I I have one 
and now I'm using it again. I've got a fingernail cleaner. It's a little tiny brush that you can get and you rub your fingers in it. And They're it really gets, good. Yeah, yeah, and it gets underneath your fingernails and stuff. So I've been I've been doing that. I you know I look at my fingernails. I go, where'd that come from? And then I think about. I would like to put a camera on myself. I could do it by watching my, my a video of my show. I'm sure and see how many just not even thinking I touch my face. Oh, yes. And, of course, both of us wear glasses as well. Oh, Lord have mercy. And and there are good things about glasses. They help you see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always pushing mine up. But uh, And they also protect your eyes a little bit from from germs, but you also are touching them all the time. And, you know. uh, My wife always says to me, how do you see out of these? That's what she, does your wife say that to you? Oh, she, well. (laughs) Your uh, wife's like my wife. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Certain things, uh, uh, you know, I I laugh because some of my friends asked, uh, are you keeping social distance between your wife and you? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, she's been keeping social distance from me for three years. (laughs) I got you. Yeah. First thing I did, you can ask Zach. First thing I did, I came in the studio today, took out a couple of the wipes, keyboard, zoom, zoom, you know, for the computer, wiped off the mouse, wiped off my phone, wiped off the desk around me, wiped off my microphone. Yeah. And then you get in your car and somebody's going to hit you. And smash you out of your car. <laughs> what can I tell you? Yeah. Well, you wanted to come on because, you know, you're, you're keeping really on I'm top try, of I'm this. trying to stay on top. We have a, There's a lot of stuff happened. Did you hear the news story out of Japan? They think they have a drug that it doesn't cure the, the disease, but it can reduce it by almost 90%. Uh, yes. There's, there's several drugs or, and or drug combinations that, uh, at least anecdotally, I heard that word last night, uh, it looked like they might be helpful both prophylactically and or uh, as treatment. Uh, you know, one of the things that they've talked about most recently is is a drug that's used for uh, malaria, hydrochloroquine. Okay. And, I've heard of that, by the way. Yeah, and it's used for, for mala- treat malaria. Okay. Well, I w- was quizzing my wife uh, this morning, and I <laughs> said, uh, you know, what do you think? Because she likes to make get, make guesses i said what do you think if this is a uh, successful what measurement do you think we could look at she said well tell me and i said well you know there are a lot of people that are on this on this uh hydro uh, uh quinolone uh in africa where they have a lot of malaria mm-hmm. so now will we see a decrease in this disease in africa well, you know, I said, no. It's a good thought. It's a thought. But on the other hand, what would counteract that? And mm-hmm. I said, you know, what kind of medical care do they have in Africa? They may, that might make it even, might be worse because, uh, it might even it out because the medical care isn't as good. Well, here's the, here's the thing that always worries me, Doc. They come out and they say, this will protect you. So so whatever this is, people go out and get it. They start taking it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then they start eliciting bad behavior. They said that this this is something that happens like when they put safety devices on cars. 
people drive more recklessly the more safety devices that they have on their cars because you figure the car is going to take, you know, protect you. And a good example, sort of a good example of that is the concern about younger people not heeding warnings or uh, taking precautions or thinking about self uh, isolation, thinking they go out anywhere still. Thankfully to some degree, they've, closed down bars early or closed them down completely mm-hmm. in certain places where young people gather. Closing down beaches for spring break. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when I was seeing them do that, I as twisted as my mind is, and you, you know me well, uh, I started thinking about a movie and I started thinking about Naked Gun and that scene between Leslie Nielsen and Presley uh, when they decide that, they're going to get intimate and they're both bumping into each other. And they got full body condoms on. And that's, that's what I started thinking about for, you know, spring break going on in Florida. And you got all these people running around in full body condoms, you know, yeah. trying to protect themselves. Well, they're not even trying to protect themselves. Right. And they, they interviewed some people on TV yesterday. I think some of these vacationers and, uh, you know, uh, young bulletproof young people right i mean really if i'm college going to age. die i'm going to die yeah you know, i remember saying that statements like that are just don't say it so much when it it gets into your headlights yeah yeah so <laughs> uh but that is one of the newer things now that uh, it looks like at least the disease seems to have spread a little bit more to younger people and Last time I was on, I think we talked a little bit about those basketball players. Yes. And I was thinking about, now, why would a healthy, you know, vigorous basketball player become positive, virus positive? Let's bring up a name, Kevin Durant. It's the latest one that's been announced. He's not symptomatic at this time, but there is one out of the three or four that has some symptoms. But you think about that for a minute, and you say, well, now, why would a healthy person? Well, those people are breathing hard. They're going to be spitting or, you know, just uh, just in the act of playing against each other. Sweating. Well, we don't know if sweat contains anything. Okay. But, but we do know that spit does or saliva does. Sure. So, so um, it makes sense that they might become positive. So stop the trash talking. <laughs> <laughs> just say Trash talk gives a whole new meaning to trash talk. Yeah. And if, yeah. You're, if, you're, if you're a lover of Conrad Do- Dobler... Quit the spitting. Yeah. I'm just right. saying. Yeah, but see, I think that, you know, now that you think about some of those things, it says, well, yeah, I mean, that might make sense. We don't know for sure that's that's one of the reasons, but is there something different about their immune system? Are they on medications mm-hmm. that might change their, their uh, immunity or um maybe make them spit more you know yeah. you don't you don't know what kinds of medicines they're on and and so um you know i'm not too surprised that we find it besides being perhaps another population that we are going to see in the near future all right we've got uh, a question for you when we come back from somebody from facebook elizabeth forwarded it to me zach keep an eye on our facebook feed see if we get any more uh, if you have questions for Dr. Yamauchi, you can call here at 823-0965, 823-0965, 
or just send uh, you know jump on Facebook Live to the Dave Ellswick Show and and um, in the comments section send your question that way and we'll see it and I'll give it to Dr. Yamauchi and uh, he can talk about it. We'll take a break right now. Twenty four minutes after seven. Uh, we're looking at 68 degrees, looking for a high today of 78 degrees. But I hate to tell you this, is going to be raining most of the day. So no uh, no break on on just getting sunshine like it was yesterday afternoon. Man, it was beautiful yesterday afternoon. A break, more coming your way, 1011 FM, The Answer. All right, I told you I had a question for you. Here's what it is. If I've cleaned my house... Let me read it exactly as it was sent to me because I don't want to screw it up here. Let me read it the way it was sent. And they said, if you do not leave your house because you have a low immune system, why do you need to continue, and in quotes, extra disinfecting, unquote, at your house? You, you probably don't unless you have people coming in or you open doors and windows and things like that where dust and pollens can come in uh so you don't have to do it as often but the more frequently that you do it the lesser the lesser the load of germs pollens dust etc you have what's your thoughts about filters for your air conditioner heating system is there a specific thing that you give i don't know if you if you've gotten into that minutia or not yeah the um uh there are better some filters that are better than others, and a dirty filter is not as good as a clean filter. Yeah. Now, it's not going to take out the finest germs. They're not filtering lots of germs, but they're getting other things that might lead to infections or compromising your lungs or something like that. So a clean filter at home is, is good. So when, when do you think you'll see the first... Uh, heating and air filter at uh, one of the big box stores that say Corona's virus resistant. I'm just saying it, <laughs> yeah, it's, you, it's a selling point. Sure. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking, happen. you know, I, I, I change my, uh, I'm real anal about this. I change mine every month. Really? Yeah. I change it every month. I mean, what? It's eight bucks, you know, and I get one of the higher, you know, really good ones that take out smaller things, but I got allergies and it takes a lot of the pollen out of the air. I got a dog takes a lot of his dander out of the air. Right. Right. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking about that. Well, it's just an extra little step to take care of, you know, a germ. Sure. Plus my house smells like Lysol. (laughs) Just saying. Doc, sit right there. We're going to be back. If you got a question, do it on Facebook or call us, 823-0965. Dr. Terry Yamauchi, he's my specialist that comes in and talks to you right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's time for Rush. Back with you, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They've been advertisers of my show for years. I mean, I think in 16 years, maybe. 15, 16 years. It's been a long time. Gets that long, you start forgetting when it exactly began. But when they began as a company, they started with my show, and they are a much larger company now than they were. And it's because of how professional they are. You know, Joel is fantastic over there. The owner, he and his wife, 
Victoria, they do just a fantastic job. I've had my roof done by them. Uh, you know, the Cabot uh, VIP Cinema, and uh, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Alan Kerr had his roof done by they A lot of people, I'll just tell you, have had their roofs done by PI Roofing because uh, you've heard them here on the show for such a long, long time. But they they do so many other things now, too. They've got a group of men and women that the damage that a leak can cause, like, you know, discoloration of your ceiling, uh, degradation of your drywall. Boy, those are big words. Degradation of your drywall and all of those. They'll fix that for you. A lot of big uh, you know, companies out there, they're not going to come and fix your ceiling for you if it's like just the, the far left corner in your bedroom. But uh, PI Roofing will. You just give them a call, and they'll send somebody out, take a look at it. They'll tell you exactly what it's going to cost you, and then they'll get to work for you. Uh, they've got gutters that you can put on your house uh, that won't clog. They've got windows that you can put into your house that are energy efficient. They do it all. They're like one-stop shopping now for everything for your home. So when you want to get it done and you want to get it right, do PI Roofing. It's PIRoofing.com. That's PIRoofing.com. I use them. think you should use them as well. Terry Yamauchi is here. Dr. Terry Yamauchi, I want to say hi to to Ned uh, Melville. Gosh, I'll get it out. Uh, Ned lives down in Texas now. Used to, was a good friend of mine, used to live right in Cabot and uh, moved down to in Texas, been married now about a year, you know, got remarried, and is a happy camper down there, still driving trucks, doing a good job of it. And uh, he just uh, hit me and said, Dave, I'm watching. And if he's watching, I got to be careful, man. I got to just be careful. But, you know, Ned doesn't cut any slack. All right, Terry, we... Uh, Yes. We, le- we left with that question, again, from a, a, a watcher on Facebook, and you just type it in. Uh, Zach is watching over there. I know Elizabeth is watching at home, and they'll let me know if you say something uh, with a question, and it'll get to me, and I'll ask it to uh, Dr. Terry Yamauchi. On top of that, you can call right now. The phone lines are open. A lot of you are driving to work right now. 8230965 8230965 if you have a question about the coronavirus you got one of the foremost experts of infectious diseases sitting right here in this studio here's your opportunity to to talk to him so what are some of the newer things we're learning i guess <clears throat> the, the thing that i saw la- last night is they're saying that coronavirus can live on a surface for up to nine days is that true or is that just guesswork well it's true under certain conditions right okay think about this how hot is it how much of it is there is it in mucus how fast does it dry those those are the conditions and then is it infectious that's even more important you know, does it lose its effect, uh, infectiveness if it's there for a while? As it dries, uh, the numbers of virus may be reduced. Uh, infectivity, I think, is a tough thing to to answer, and we don't know the correct answer to that yet. And I as far as I know, no one can tell me. Yeah, it can be there six hours at you know room temperature. What is room temperature? What is humidity? 
the humidity. Is there uh, air circulating to help dry faster? So, yes, it can persist. Whether it's infectious or as infectious is still a question. Should you change what you're doing as far as your pillowcases and your sheets and all of that, where you might have, you know, washed them every other day or every three days? Should you start washing every day? Well, no, I don't think so. Excuse me. Uh, Unless there's some extreme circumstances let's say you you have some symptoms and you have drainage maybe it would be more uh, it would be better to to change it more frequently but i don't think that's a rule that you have to do that uh, i think just good good hygiene would rule how often you do do things like that okay how about <clears throat> how about a toothbrush i i read an article and I've been looking for it online on Amazon, and that's the little UV things mm-hmm. that you can clip over your toothbrush, and the UV light will kill correct viruses and germs. But it said a cheaper way of doing it is just put a teaspoon of bleach in water and put your toothbrush in that. Good idea? Well, it worked. You know, I don't do that, but... Uh, you know, I, I might learned, want to rinse your toothbrush real well before you yeah, use sure, it. Sure, sure. But re- just remember how many germs are in your mouth. Yeah, already, that's true. So you're just stirring them around. Um, you know, the, uh, this whole environmental thing is becoming more and more confusing. I remember going to a presentation, uh, a scientific presentation, where a paper was presented where uh, a researcher demonstrated that if you flushed a toilet, oh yeah, that you could find the germs from your toilet six or eight feet in all directions. Mm-hmm. And I know when I heard that, you know, I went home and measured how far my toothbrush was, you know, just out of curiosity. But you know, you can find these things, and it's inter- interesting to look at. When I first came to Arkansas, I was looking at what kind of germs were on. Um, soda pop cans that came out of dispensers. And I asked, uh, you know, one company if they would, you know, pay for some research. And, of course, nobody wanted to pay for it. No, they don't want to know. <laughs> That's right. Ignorance is but, bliss. But see, again, if you think about these things, you can see all kinds of potential problems. Yeah. And so, sure, toothbrushes can be contaminated. Uh, in fact, toothbrushes are good to use after they're used up. If you want to clean your nails like you were talking about Correct. with that kind of brush, it would be a fine thing to use. It's easy to hold and the bristles are small. And Get, get under those, there and get that stuff out of there. Get those little crevices. But can you get them all? Probably not. Just yeah. just letting you know. Well, then you put your hands. No, I'm not going to say put your hands in bleach. No. Somebody, somebody will, you know. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, so, all right. I do think that there's a important number that's come out, and I'm a bad one for quoting numbers because they change all the time. But, you know, I, I heard uh, from the CDC that the fatality rate for this virus, which is relatively innocent in most people, but in those persons uh, over the age of 80, 
without predisposing condition, but just being old, right. is 80%. Wow. I that, hadn't that heard was, that one. That was the figure that that's why I said Woo. it was. That's what I heard. So that's why we want to protect our elderly. And I'm sure it must be higher in those that have other conditions you know, poor lungs, smokers, heart disease, diabetes, etc. Yeah, you got COPD, <clears throat> not a good time to come in, in for, contact. For up to now, those under 50, the uh, mortality rate or fatality rate is less than 1%. So. Yeah, but you, know, you want to be the 1%. That's the question you got to ask yourself. Yeah. Do you right. want to be the 1%? Yeah. And Does, those numbers are changing. I, I caution you on the, that. Yeah, you and know, the more know people that. we know have been affected the less those numbers may be yeah as, as that happens zach who, who we got waiting to talk to us oh willie's got a question hey willie how are you say uh, say hi to dr uh, yamauchi hi doctor hey there <clears throat> i asked my question to hang up okay what's the main difference between the common flu and covid19 okay good question we'll uh <clears throat> we'll let we'll turn uh, dr yamauchi loose on that uh, well, they are different viruses, okay, and uh, but they're tra- it appears that they're transmitted very similarly. What what was changing is that uh, I'm not as I'm not as sure as I was earlier on that uh, uh, the coronavirus may be may be a little bit more contagious. Uh, I I'm saying that with a big maybe because. Uh, you know, as we get more information, we're seeing, uh, it seems like less exposure in some individuals, not necessarily the older ones, That and people are becoming virus positive. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to all get sick or sicker, but uh, it does seem to be more than I expected to see. All right, so there you have it. I mean, what about uh, the ability to attack the virus, the basic differences is is that we just know more about the flu because it's been around for a long time right but it changes as well that's exactly right and that's what we should be cautious about now we're all hearing about this vaccine or vaccines that are being developed i mentioned this to dave uh, a week ago or more remember when uh, hiv first came out how long ago has that been and do we have a successful uh, effective vaccine yet that was the 80s, folks. So, you know, the, the try to get a vaccine available in a month or two months or three months or five months, you know, that's pretty much scientifically right now uh, impossible. Uh, we are testing some right now. Our, our scientists are testing uh, one or two vaccines right now that look promising in, in um, animals and in tissues but uh, how successful they'll be in humans. And that's going to take a while. Dr. Fauci said, you know, a year to 18 months, and, he, you know, he's going to be right on. That's when it'll be available. Now, people are going to want to take it. We don't know what the side effects are. We don't know how long-lasting that protection will be, whether it'll protect from, you know, uh, uh, contracting the disease or contracting the virus or preventing disease. So there are a lot of questions that we don't know, and yet people want something right now. Same thing with the uh, medications, uh, which ones are going to be effective. And 
the vaccine, the big question about the vaccine is if it is effective, is it going to be lifetime? Will it work next year or will it be like the flu vaccine that we have to repeat on a regular basis to get maximum protection? And that you got to take an educated guess at, at which flu are we at? A, B, whatever flu. Right. And we don't have that information yet on the uh, COVID-19 at at all. All right, break. Then we come back. Dr. Terry Yamauchi, his hour with us is almost up. It's gone so fast. 823-0965, the number to call. 823-0965. Got a question? He'll give you an answer. And if you're watching on Facebook Live, go to Facebook Live slash Dave Ellswick Show. Just log in. And uh, you can, in the comments section, put in your question. We'll see it. I'll ask the doctor. We'll get you an answer. That's all coming up as we continue here on 101.1 FM, The uh, Answer. We're looking at uh, about nine minutes till 8 o'clock and 68 degrees. Yeah, I want to reiterate what that ad just said. We'll never be in lockdown. I mean, if they tell me I can't drive to work, I can do my show from a house. All right, I will be on the air. All right, as long as we got electricity around the station, I'll be on the air. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be on from my house tomorrow. Going to do that. I was talking about some things I was thinking about doing for tomorrow. I don't know if I'll do them or not, but they would be very, very good. Anyway, let's go talk to Bob. He's in Little Rock. Bob, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Say hi to Dr. Terry Yamauchi. Hello, Dr. Terry uh, Yamaguchi. I... uh, Used to know you, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yes, uh, in medical school. I wanted to ask uh, Dr. Terry about the possibility of using ozone. Yes. Ozone has been, in the past, uh, said to kill viruses, and I just wondered if an ozone generator placed in a uh, senior living facility would be of any value. All right, we'll let you listen in on the air. Thanks for your call, Bob. Appreciate it. Good. Yep. Yeah, Bob. Um, <clears throat> I, I do know that ozone will kill some viruses, some bacteria. I don't know about any scientific studies that have been done uh, uh, using that material uh, for coronavirus or influenza. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um uh, I, I, nor do I know if there are any harmful effects of of using that material. So uh, I can't really comment other than say yes, so that that is a possibility that it does have some anti-germ effect. But how much you need, how long you have to use it, etc. Uh, Dave and I talked about ultraviolet light has a good effect on uh, many germs. Uh, yeah, let, let me just, for our listeners that are baby boomers, all right, because if you're millennial or whatever, you've never seen this. Used to be you go to the doctor and you'd be sitting in his office and typically over on the counter, there was a device that had ultraviolet radiation shining down on the tools that of his trade. And I don't see that any longer. Well, <clears throat> ultraviolet light also has harmful effects on your eyes. So you don't want to shine it in people's eyes 
Right. The, the way it's used in hospitals and settings where they're trying to use UV radiation uh, is to have it shining toward the ceiling in a container or a, a lamp-like material uh, apparatus and circulating air through it or above it, not shining it down on people. Okay, so if you did that, if you're pushing air through it, then what you're doing is you're taking really clean air and pushing it into dirty air, aren't you? No, you're taking the dirty air and, and pushing making it, it clean. I understand, but if you're blowing it back out, it's oh, clean oh, air. Yes, you're, but you're diluting whatever was the yeah. bad stuff. Okay. Anyway, what can I? Say? I'm just thinking maybe you could literally get rid of a lot of the bacteria in a room if you had a if you had a contained room. That's the, well, the key. <clears throat> actually, they they are using UV lighting in like a vacuum cleaner. That goes around the room, and they're using that in some places. They're using that to clean rooms. Huh. Interesting. All right. I just know that we've known that this for years and years and years, and it had kind of gone out of favor, and probably because what you just said about your eyes, but it's coming back into favor now. Like I said, there used to be a device you could clip on your toothbrush, and that UV light would turn on. I mean, you don't have it. Have it going the whole time just turn it on for five minutes and then be done with it and can clean uh clean the uh, the item of bacteria <coughs> sorry i coughed in my hand so i won't i won't offer my hand and i won't i won't it. even i won't even bump it i'll use my elbow <laughs> i've learned a lot from the from the doctor over the years so what new information we've already talked about some of that uh, that we've uh, spoken about about some. Well, we've talked a lot of about a lot of things already. So. I mean, there's a, there, it, it, we're talking time here. I mean, <clears throat> a a vaccine takes time to do. However, I will say this: now that the War Powers Act has been invoked, the president can direct an industry work on a vaccine now. And I think that we're. You know, we've made a lot of progress in vaccines over the years, even though the general public doesn't know that. Uh, to be where we are right now with the development of a of a uh, corona vaccine is very remarkable to me. Uh, I did some of my early work in <laughs> the mumps vaccine uh, and the uh, attenuation of uh, the influenza vaccine. So... Uh, you know, things are, you know, it looks like it's moving very slowly, but we're way, way ahead of where we were uh, in the past in the development of vaccines. So. I've got, I got a minute for you to deal with something, and that is the whole testing situation. Sure. They say we weren't set up for it, that the way that we did testing was not indicative of the way we needed to do testing. How has that changed? I mean, where do we go from to what are we at now? We didn't have, we didn't have a good tester uh, material to test. We had to develop that to some degree. Uh, and of course we had large numbers that we wanted to test or were, <coughs> or were, um, uh, probably those that needed to be tested. So it got screwed up early on. We were getting 
bad or misinformation from some of the countries, i.e. China, about about the occurrence, about the uh, uh, the people that are coming down with the disease and and what the disease was. So, mm-hmm. you know, the whole background for testing was somewhat uh, poor. Okay. And as we go through and de- develop faster, better tests, <clears throat> um, you know, we're seeing progression of testing. Where that's why we're seeing more disease, as we know. All right, a break. Thank you, Dr. Terry Yamauchi, for coming on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll probably have you on again next week. More to talk about when we come back here on the show. Last hour. Final hour, Dave Ellswick Show. My thanks to Dr. Terry Yamauchi for coming in and joining us today. I tell you what, when it comes to infectious diseases, he's the man I want to come in, whether by phone or into the studio, uh, and and sit down and talk to us because that guy knows more about what's going on uh, in 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 his uh, you know little fingernail than I do in all of my body, I mean, in, in my mind. I mean, I know what I'm being told. He knows from all the years that he has been in uh, the medical community and all of the positions at the CDC and other things that he has held. He is an amazing, amazing individual, one of my favorite people. I love just when we when we get a chance, and it looks like it's going to be a while now, but about once a quarter uh, we would get, and together and have uh, have a steak together and and eat together, break bread together, so to speak, and 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 visit with each other and and we would talk medical things. I'd have questions. He he'd give me answers and stuff. But basically, what we talked about, we both love baseball. And I got to tell you, my heart's breaking right now because you know we the, the beginning of the season is supposed to come up here in a couple of weeks. It ain't going to happen. I don't know if there's going to be a baseball season this year. Just blows me away. And you say, but Dave, Major League Baseball, look. Look at the colleges right now. I mean, a great team that uh, Van Horn put together up there at uh, uh, U of A, not even going to get to play. All the spring sports have been canceled uh, by the SEC. And uh, spring football, yeah, canceled, folks. I hate to tell you that, but it's been canceled. It's just uh, the way it goes. Now, I talked to Elizabeth. Evidently, the story I sent her uh, about uh, this germ thing that I sent her, which shows you how germs spread, didn't get to her for some reason. So I got to resend it. Be watching for that by sometime between nine uh, between nine o'clock and ten o'clock. I will get it to her. We will get it up on the Facebook and make sure you watch it. And then make sure you share it, okay? I, I I don't think I've ever said that. Have I ever said make sure you share it? 
uh, talking about anything that I posted like that. Well, I'm just telling you, make sure that uh, you uh, uh, share it. Okay, we, Tim Murtaugh is joining with, with us. Tim's going to join with us. He is the Trump Communications Director. Want to get him up. And, uh, hey, Tim, welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. And the first two hours of my show today have been coronavirus heavy. I just had Dr. Terry Yamauchi. That may be name that you don't know, but uh, former CDC and uh, infectious disease expert that I'm lucky enough that's here right in Little Rock. I got to know him years ago, and he was on, and we were talking about some of the new things. And we were just talking about this president. This is an unprecedented uh, thing for the president to have to deal with. I mean, this is this is huge. I mean, the stock market's given up all the gains that this president has uh, brought to this country. And right now, you know, he's trying to save the economy of the United States. I said yesterday, I'm glad that I'm not the president. I'm glad I'm not a senator. And I'm glad I'm not a congressman. What do you say? Well, I think that Americans uh, can take heart and they can see that their their president and their federal government are hard at work trying to protect this country. And you're right. It's an economic problem. Uh, it's also obviously a very serious health problem. And the president took very strong, very early steps early on back in January before most Americans, I would say almost all Americans had even heard about the coronavirus. He restricted travel from China. Uh, right away on January 31st and said that, you know, we're going to try to head this off and stop, uh, slow the spread of this as best we can. And that meant restricting travel uh, from uh, the Wuhan province of China at, uh, immediately. And so, you know, when he did that, he was criticized and called uh, xenophobic and yeah. all the sorts of things that the Democrats usually throw at him. But uh, it was the right move. And he's been on the case ever since. And, and yeah. you're right. It's, 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 a, it's a great health challenge and it's a great economic challenge for this country. But the the economy was on strong footing as we headed headed into this. It was as strong as it has ever been, and that's because of the Trump policies. And uh, he is the one to lead us through this. It's it's not going to be easy, but it will pass. We all know that it will pass. And President Trump is showing steady, good, solid leadership uh, every step along the way. Now you're the communications director for the campaign, so let me just ask this: We've lost all our gains uh, that we have built up. Uh, in the stock market, this president has got this economy going big time. It's still very strong. I don't want people to think that I'm saying it's weak. It is not weak. It is strong. And Congress and the president working together are keeping it all together. But how do you translate this to, uh, you know, voters who may start losing their jobs? Well, it's a question of leadership, and that's what the president is showing. He, he has these briefings every single day where he stands before the cameras and then therefore the American people with the vice president and with Dr. Fauci and with Dr. Burks and the whole coronavirus task force there giving everybody the update and uh, what strides the country is making towards fighting this off. But, I mean, you're right. The, 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 we've, hit a, we've hit a rough patch certainly in the stock market, and uh, there are, you know, in certain industries, people are already feeling the pinch of this. Restaurants, for example, are mm-hmm. closing, and so so if they're closing, they don't need wait staff, they don't need cooks and, and, and so on. And so those things are already starting to happen because people are following the direction and the, the advice of the CDC and self-isolating. And that means not going out to restaurants, right? So that's it's a natural 
extension of that, that restaurants would have to close. And, and so that does not mean that the underlying economy is weak. In fact, the underlying economy remains very strong. It's right. just that certain industries are affected right away. When people can't go out in public, it, that's, it just causes that sort of economic problem. And so uh, when this passes, and again, it will pass, the economy will get back to its former uh, state and the stock market will rebound. You know, this is a worldwide problem. These aren't these aren't just American problems. And this is not a problem that began in America. As we know, it came from China. And but the whole world is dealing with this now. And and we're not alone in that. And so what you need to talk about is what is your approach? How are you going? This is this in this country. It is no one's fault that this has occurred. So the question is, how do you deal with it? And President Trump is truly leading the way. So that, that that leads me to this and call me a xenophobe, call me, you know, a racist if you want. But the Chinese botched this. They botched it big yes. time. And we know that they botched it big time. And thank God for my senator, Tom Cotton, who's calling them out on it. Uh, I, I just got this question. What do the world leaders, I, we can talk about the president, but I'm sure he's telling the world leaders, how do we keep this from happening uh, again with the Chinese? Yeah, and that's a serious problem, and it's a very it's a very large question. I mean, as you know, the president had been engaged in trade negotiations for some time with the Chinese, and um, we believe he's got a pretty good relationship with President Xi. And so, uh, you know, it, it's it's delicate, and and that's something that the campaign is definitely not involved in any of that. That's the president himself and the and the State Department. So we don't we don't tread into those areas. But uh, there's no question that China uh, botched the early handling of this. They suppressed information. I think. They lied to the world about what the situation was, and they put the entire world behind the eight ball. Every, everyone was at a disadvantage because of the way the Chinese handled this in the first place, right? And so, and then, you know, they wanted to, they, some of them, their foreign minister and others, have been spreading the notion that somehow the American military was responsible for planting this virus in Wuhan province. Which uh, is disinformation. It's disinformation. So, yeah. And so then, so the, the president wants to make sure that everyone knows that it was certainly the United States didn't have anything to do with causing this collapse mm-hmm. catastrophe. And so he refers to it just as many viruses are referred to by its place of origin, calling it the Chinese virus or the China virus or the Wuhan virus or some such. Well, the communist Chinese didn't like that because they say, hey, you know, you know don't put our name on it. And so they say, stop calling it that. And naturally, the American news media picks it up, and now they're lecturing everybody. Oh, you can't call it the Chinese virus, or you can't call it the Chinese virus, which is ludicrous. The American media is carrying the water for the communist Chinese and using their talking points, and the Democrats, too. The Democrats have picked it up. Joe Biden, when the president restricted travel from China in the first place back in January, Joe Biden himself said that that was xenophobic. Can you imagine if Joe Biden had been in charge at the front of this and he would be afraid to offend anybody by restricting travel from the place where the virus erupted from in the first? Can you imagine what a situation would be in right now if Joe Biden had been president at that time? What a disaster. Yeah, Tim Murtaugh is our guest. He's the Trump uh, Trump, uh, communications director uh, for the campaign. And uh, let me just ask you a question off of that, and then I'll I'll let you go because I know I got you to about – another four minutes here and i can i think you no, can everything's you, fine okay i think you can talk for another four minutes here easily uh <laughs> yeah, on I what i'm going to ask you on and that is can anybody imagine what it would really have been like if a biden or a sanders or uh you know a warren or any of those people had been in the white house uh for this i mean 
it would be an unmitigated disaster. And now that we know we're going to have all these challenges for our economy, would you want those people in the White House trying to deal with it or with have the president we have now who's going to rebuild what he built and make it even stronger? Yeah, well, you don't. Thankfully, we don't have to imagine what it would be like if Joe Biden had been in the White House during this time, because he was the vice president during the swine flu outbreak uh, in 2009. And in fact, the Obama White House had to come out and apologize for Joe Biden for remarks that he made, which caused a public panic. So we know that Joe Biden goes out and says and does dumb things that cause people to scratch their heads in the best case. Uh, But when there was a a pandemic going around with the swine flu in 2009, he said things that people uh, panicked about. And the White House had to actually go out and say, hey, we're sorry. That's not what he meant to say. We wish he hadn't said that. And so we know what Joe Biden would do. He would he would ridiculously wander off the plantation and not even know what he was talking about from time to time. We also know he would not have restricted. Let me stop you just for a second. Uh, Last Monday, I called out a silver alert on Joe Biden because he was, uh, he's he's lost in his own mind as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, as, as the president says, old Joe has lost his fastball. He, he, he has. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead. I think is a good way to put it. Well, and so and then we and we know he would not have restricted travel from China right away because he called President Trump a xenophobe when he when he did that. And so Biden makes a speech the other day and says, these are the things that I would do if I were president regarding the coronavirus. And you run through that laundry list and almost all of them are things that President Trump had already done. Just yesterday, Biden issued a statement saying that the president should invoke the Defense Production Act because then we can get all these military supplies out into the public for their use. Uh, Hey, Joe, the president already did that. Yeah, he's already done it. (laughs) Yeah, thank you very much, Joe. We try to keep up here, buddy. I know it's a little tough. Go have another Um, bowl of oatmeal. Yeah, so it's it's right. So I, I think we have exactly the right leader in the White House at the right time. Uh, he is on top of the situation regarding the national response to the coronavirus. And it was President Trump's policies that got this economy to where it has been, the great heights that it has been, best economy that anybody alive can, can remember or has ever seen. And we will get back there again. Again, this is a situation that will pass. We will come through this as a country. We have faced difficult challenges before, and we've got the right man in the White House for it right now. All right. Last question. We haven't engaged the uh, the other side yet. We have some, but we're really going to get to it here in another month as we move towards November. Uh, being able to have the huge rallies probably maybe is a thing of the past considering, considering where we're at right now. But I did read an article uh, saying that the uh, RNC was uh, ready and the Trump campaign was ready to virtually continue what they've been doing at the rallies can can you share a little bit about what it is you have planned or do we just got to have to wait oh no i can share some of that sure yeah and we don't right now we're not having those large gatherings like the rallies of course that president trump is known for so well and and we again the coronavirus situation will pass and we hope that the president is back out on the campaign trail as soon as possible there's no question Uh, but we are doing a lot of stuff we have this this campaign the president's campaign is built on data and technology. And we are better able to pivot to a totally virtual environment, a totally online campaign, better than anybody else who's, who's running for president right now. And so that's what we're doing. We have a great website that your listeners can check. It's armyfortrump.com. And spell it out, spell out the word for Army, F O R, Trump. 
com and it has lots of different resources there where people can get involved digitally what we the reason the reason the rallies are so great is not only does the president get to connect with people but we also gather a lot of da- data from voters who come they give us their information and say please contact us we have the contact information for tens of millions of Americans far far better resources than any Democrat has and through the work with the RNC and the Trump campaign uh, we are putting our volunteers to work and we are getting them on the phone and calling people contacting them digitally by email by text and saying get involved and recruit some of your friends so i really would encourage people to go to the website armyfortrump.com and get involved because we're going to have two million trained volunteers on the ground out in this country by election day and uh, we're already far along almost to our first million and uh, so by election day there will be two million and and we we just encourage people to to sign up and get involved armyfortrump.com is the way to go well we're on the trump uh, train uh, tim i guess that you probably know that we've got banners all over the studio we've got a a life-size cutout of the president standing behind me you can see it on facebook Mm -hmm. And uh, we will be at the RNC convention uh, coming up in in August. So I'm looking forward to that. If you are going to be there, please stop by and and visit with us. Oh, we will definitely be there. And I want to shout, I want to say hello. I don't know if she's listening or not, but obviously a good friend of the president and a good friend of the campaign, Sarah Sanders, who is, uh, as you know, a native. And uh, I don't know if she would happen to be listening today, but we love Sarah. And she always does great work and has done great work. And she remains a valued member of the team. All right, Tim. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it under the uh, circumstances. I know that you're under a lot of stress as well. Thanks so much, my man. Absolutely. Totally appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Talk to you now. All right. So Tim Murtaugh, who is the Trump communications director, I wanted to have him on today. He had a lot of good information there in that short time that we were able to have him about uh, about 20 minutes. Thank him for that. We're going to get a break in for you. We're going to give you your traffic and your weather. And at uh, 23 minutes after 8, it's 68 degrees. We're going for a high of 78. It's going to be rainy today, tomorrow, and Saturday. More of the Dave Ellswick Show in a moment. 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right. I was referring to a story uh, with Terry Yamauchi about Japan and an antiviral drug. Uh, that they've been working on and how it is working uh, exceedingly well against uh, COVID-19. Let me share that with you. Medical authorities in China have said a drug used in Japan to treat new strains of influenza appear to be effective in uh, coronavirus patients there in China. That's according to Japanese media, not Chinese media, Japanese media. Uh, an official at China's Science and Technology Ministry said that Favrapuravar, developed by a subsidiary of Fujifilm, had produced encouraging outcomes in clinical trials in Wuhan and uh, other providences involving 340 patients at this time. Quote, it has a high degree of safety and is clearly effective in treatment. Now, it's not. This is not a vaccine. This is a treatment uh, for it. Uh, patients who were given the medicine turned negative for the virus after a uh, medium of four days after they had become positive, compared with a median of 11 days for those who were not treated with the drug. In addition, x-rays confirmed improvements in lung conditions 
in about 91% of the patients who were treated with this new drug, and really not a new drug, just a new drug to be used uh, in the uh, coronavirus arsenal, compared to 62% or those without the drug. Fujifilm uh, Toyama Chemical, which developed the drug, also known as Avigan, in 2014 has declined to comment on any claims thus far. Uh, shares in the firm surged Wednesday following the comments from the, the Chinese, closing the morning up 14.7%, having briefly hit their daily limit high of uh, 5,238 yen. Doctors in Japan are using the same drug in clinical trials as well, on coronavirus patients with mild to moderate symptoms, hoping it will prevent the virus from multiplying in patients. But a Japanese health ministry source suggested the drug was not as effective in people with more severe symptoms. We've given Avigan to 70 to 80 people, but it doesn't seem to work that well when the virus has already multiplied, said a source. The uh, same limitations have been identified in studies uh, involving coronavirus patients using a combination of the HIV uh, drugs. In 2016, the Japanese government supplied this drug as an emergency aid to counter the Ebola virus outbreak in Guinea. The drug would need government approval for full-scale use. Uh, And then let's listen to Sean, and we'll get back to this. All right, so let me finish up this this segment uh, about uh, Japan and this uh, uh, viral drug they have. But before I do that, are you worried about this meltdown going on right now in the stock market? If you are, got some great news for you. According to Forbes, according to Forbes magazine, and I've been saying this, have I not, that this could be a huge opportunity right now. Haven't I been saying that, Zach? I've been making that mention. You can save big money on taxes in retirement. That's right. Learn how. And the reason I know this is because I got good friends like David Lucas. So now David Lucas can become your good friend. Uh, You can learn how with his free tax reduction analysis uh, from the, uh, his business, David Lucas financial right here in North Little Rock. If you save more than $400,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis. Now, at 501-222-3315. You don't want to wait on this. This big drop in the stock market could be your window of opportunity to literally save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. Learn how by calling 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered by David Lucas Financial an Arkansas registered investment advisor. So keep that in in mind as well. All right, going back to this story that I have here. Uh, Doctors in Japan are using the same drug in clinical studies on uh, these uh, COVID-19 patients with mild to moderate symptoms, hoping it will prevent the virus from multiplying in uh, patients. But they are saying that uh, patients that the... The virus has begun multiplying, you know, in 
there probably there must be an an area like a point of no return that, that there's no you know effect of this drug. Kind of like there's a couple drugs out right now for the flu, Terraflu, and some of the other ones that. Look, if you go in and you catch it early, as soon as you start feeling symptoms, you go in and they give it to you, it really helps you. But if you wait until, you know, you're puking your guts out and you feel terrible, you crawl into the doctor's office looking like you're a reject from a Ren and Stimpy cartoon, uh, they can't do much for you at that point. Uh, Those same limitations have been identified in studies involving uh, these patients uh, using the HIV antivirals as well. Uh, in the coming year, and the results will define the country for a generation, these are perilous times. Over the last three years, much of what the uh, newspapers have been telling us and things that we hold dear have been threatened. And it's something to keep in mind. Democracy, civility, and truth. Now, I will say this. I have made the statement that here in the United States, some things might have to happen for a short period of time uh, that we might have to do our duty over what we say are rights. But with that said, this is a very, very tenuous discussion. I mean, it is a very tenuous discussion. I can't put my feet in cement and say I will not in any way, shape, or form do something, uh, you know, when I don't know exactly what the parameters are yet. Uh, I mean, I'm not excited about all of these response bills that are coming out about coronavirus. We're talking $1.2 to $1.7 trillion dollars. But with that said, I also have to say this. What has happened is not the, res- the, the, the things that have happened to businesses because of decisions they made. This is what is referred to a black swan event, something unforetold. I remember when Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld wrote his book about Iraq. And he said the biggest problem they had in Iraq was not knowing, you know, what might be out there, but knowing what could be out there and not knowing the unknowns around those things. And how do you deal with the unknown? It's very difficult when you don't know. You have nothing to, you know, base your actions on basically so uh, as i've said i don't want to be a congressman i don't want to be a senator i don't want to be the president right now lots of decisions got to be made but as an american citizen each and every one of us and now i'm I'm going to look right at the camera if you're watching on uh, uh facebook you can share this segment if you want to cut it out and, and share it you can as an American citizen, here is what has to happen about these. I'm, I'm going to call these response bills. I'm not going to call them stimulus bills. They're, it's not stimulus. It's, it's a response to decisions the government has made telling businesses they have to close down, telling American citizens they can't move around. And I look, I know our Constitution 
affords us the protections of freedom of travel. But I'm going to tell you, you've got to think about what's your duty. I'm going to draw on you guys and gals out there who've been in the military. You know what I'm talking about here. There's, there's a duty that you have to preserve the union, to preserve our country. And that means you, you gotta, you gotta think a lot about this stuff. Here's what we should get pissed about. I'm be real honest with everybody. Here's what we should get pissed about. And Sean talked about it a little bit. When they start laying on all these other bills that have nothing at all to do to help with a business that do nothing of their own uh, is threatened with going out of business and we're going to try to help them. We don't need to be helping the diplomat corps. We don't need to be sending money overseas to other countries. Now is when it comes down to what the president talks about when we say America first. America first means we'll help everybody else, but after we've taken care of our own people. That's what that means. And these yahoos, some of them up in in Congress, whether they're Democrat, Republican, or Independents, that want to hang some kind of damn bill on these other bills for you know, half a million dollars. What's a half a million dollars when you're talking 1.5 trillion, right? No big deal. Yeah, but it all adds up. I mean, you don't get to a trillion unless you say the number one first. So the bottom line is we've got to put as much pressure as we can and tell these people that are trying to put ridiculous additional bills into something that has nothing to do with the coronavirus outbreak to, uh, you know, give a a hundred thousand dollars to a library in some community somewhere or pay for the flowers in front of some elementary school. That's got to stop. That's the stuff that's got to stop. That's unpatriotic. I'm just telling you that's unpatriotic. That's not what this is for. This is for the people of our nation. That other stuff can wait. It can wait. It's not necessary. Let's deal with the necessities right now. Let's deal with the needs. Let's forget about the frickin' wants for a change. Hey, you in Washington that are putting this on think it's going to get you a few more votes? Let's um, hopefully the media start exposing a lot of this, and it'll cost you votes for doing it. Just my aside here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, it's time for us to get a break in. Got to do that. Let's do it here on uh, 1011 FM. The answer, it is a quarter till nine and 68 degrees. I got so much stuff here today. And I just buried one of the the stories that I want. I got to find it here. Dave Ramsey has some good information for you. And I... Okay, here it is. I got it right here. You don't need to live in fear is what it says. This is Dave Ramsey. I wanted to share this with you because some of you are going to find yourself out of work. Just telling you, some of you are going to find yourself out of work. You may be already out of work uh, because of things that are happening because of the coronavirus. A lot of restaurants are uh, shuttering. I I don't know if if they're if they if they just closed uh, here for a short distance. I, I went by... Um, 
yesterday morning. I'm going to stop by today. They had notes in their in their doors, and I I didn't see it, but um, Cheddar's just down the street from us here on University um, were closed yesterday. So I'm going to go by today see if that's I'll, I'll have information of, about this tomorrow, or I'll post it on my Facebook page. And then I'll talk about it as well tomorrow since I'm bringing it up right now. When I have more information, I'll give it to you. Uh, but Cheddar's, uh, you know, it was dark. It was not open. I got to think that it has something to do with the virus. Got to got to believe that. I don't think they went out of business. They were they do too much business over there to be going out of business. So uh, anyway, have to check it. And, and I'm, you know, I have a personal reason for that because I love their onion rings. Oh, their onion rings are so good. Have you ever had the Tower of Onion Rings? Zach, you've never had them? I will take you to lunch and buy you a Tower of Onion Rings, and you and I will just eat onion rings for lunch. How's that sound? I li- I do that. I like going uh, over to Dugan's and, and getting fried jalapenos and just eat those for lunch. I mean, I'm big on that kind of stuff. Anyway, here's that uh, article I'm telling you about we're looking at right now uh, at uh, about 10 minutes till. I'm bringing my clock up here so I can see it. Have it in front of me now so I don't try to run overtime because they will cut me off. They, they've been known to do that. I know you had something important to say, Dave, but you're out of time. Out, done, finished. Uh, COVID-19, what should you do? Well, he says uh, you don't need to live in fear. This is from uh, Ramsey. The virus has impacted all of us whether it's by coming down with the sickness itself, becoming filled with anxiety from the news that's being presented to you, or you're being cut out of work and out of a paycheck, he says. It's no secret that things are shutting down all across the world, and if your workplace has closed its doors and isn't offering pay, then it's time for you to calmly, he says, regroup and get some things in order. The thought of being without a paycheck can be overwhelming. I know that. I've been in that position before. But we, or he, doesn't want to scare you, and I don't want to scare you either. But we want you to give some sensible, level-headed actions to take. But first, step back and uh, take a big, deep breath. Go. Believe it or not, it helps a lot. You'd be surprised. So if you've done that, okay, we're ready to go on. Here's seven things to do when you miss a paycheck. One, get on a budget. If you're not on a budget, get on a budget. All right? That's the first thing you want to do. If you aren't already living on a budget, time is now. Making a monthly budget will show you exactly where all your money is going. No ifs ands or buts about it without a budget you really can't make every dollar stretch because you probably don't even know how much money you have to work with plus your budget will show you places where you can cut back and save money we'll speak about that in just a second and you don't have to rely on a yellow line notebook to crunch the numbers there's an app out there called every dollar that you can try and see how budgeting and how simple it can be, you can get that at DaveRamsey.com. 
two, take care of the four walls. What do I what does what do I mean or what does Ramsey mean by that? Well, the four walls are your priority. So pay for those things in this order before anything else. One, food. Gotta eat, folks. You got it's as I like to say, this is a bad thing that everybody has to do. <laughs> you gotta eat. Number two, utilities. Got to pay your utilities. Three, your shelter. And four, your transportation. We dealt with that yesterday when I had Joe and Duck on. If your car has got problems, you need to fix it. Need to get it running and get it and make sure that it's going to keep running because you can't get to work. Don't matter if you got a job or not. Number three, pause your debt snowball. If you don't know what that is, uh, go to DaveRamsey.com, find out what it means, and... Um, stop it for right now you don't want to be paying extra on bills right now that you need the money to do uh get a temporary job or start a side hustle i tell my this is the biggest i don't know why it's it it seems like it's rocket science for people and and it's happened with my own kids and that is any job is better than no job a check coming in is better than no check coming in. I agree you want to get unemployment insurance and all of that, but I'm damned. I'm not going to depend on the government. All right. I'm not going to depend on them. They can, they can reduce the amount of money they're going to give to you or whatever. Uh, get, get yourself a job, get out there and work just because I'll tell you what, you'll feel a lot better about what's going on. If you're out there working for the simple feeling, you'll feel like you got a little bit of control over the uh, situation. I remember the first time that I was fired from my radio job, radio jobs are a whole lot like uh, being a head coach in, in sports. You're hired to be fired. I've all, I've always told my wife that she hates to hear it, but I do believe that. Uh, however, uh, you, you got to be ready to do what you got to do. And I've, I've delivered pizzas. I've delivered newspapers. I've done a whole lot of different things, uh, that I didn't want to do. I always tell my kids that I don't want to do that. I know you don't want to work fast food, son, but guess what? Sometimes you got to do what you don't want to do just to keep things going, you know, at your house to keep the lights on, so to speak. Uh, if you're out of a paycheck because of the uh, coronavirus or your business taking a serious hit from it, that's a real thing. But you don't need to freak out about it. Just go get some part-time work. Okay, so keep that in mind. All right, get a part-time job. I've got one of my sons I'm working with right now. He's wanting to have a better place to live. And he says, I don't know what to do. I said, get a part-time job. With that extra money with the money that you're already making and you're only going to have to work 20 hours more a week. That's not that much, like three hours a day. All right. Uh, just go out and do that. And then you'll have the money to live where you want to live. Look for things to cut. Now this is time to cut back on any unnecessary expenses that you can tighten up, stop or pause uh, your subscriptions of Netflix, Hulu, meal delivery kits, specialty makeup boxes, etc., etc., on and on. Are those needs? That's what I got to are those needs. All right? This is the time when you better get rid of some as many of the wants as you can so that you got some money to be able to move 
move along on. That's number six. Look for things to cut. Finally, connect with your church and your local community groups. Let's be clear. Try to do everything in your power first before you seek help like this. Make sure you cut back where you can. Take any temporary jobs to work hard and get back up on your own two feet. But in times of real need, let me circle that in your mind, all right? Real need. Don't be too prideful to ask for a helping hand. Churches and community groups in your area exist for situations like this. They want to help you. If going to a food bank means your family is fed, then that's what you got to do. That's why they're there. I mean, that's why I had uh, James Bennett on yesterday from New Life Church and uh, why people are donating money to our church right now to uh, pay for the meals that kids that are out of school right now and not getting those hot meals that they're used to getting. We're, we're supplying those meals uh, through our church. And uh, I think James said there's 300,000 children here in the state of Arkansas that are on reduced or free meals. And that hot meal that they get at school may be the only hot meal they get during the day. I hate to tell you, there's some parents just don't give a damn. All right. That doesn't mean that we as individuals shouldn't give a damn and help those children out as much as we can. And I can tell you this much, at least we know that the money is going to get to the people that we're supposed to be getting the money to. Churches are good about that. They do a lot of things as far as that. All right. So keep that all in mind. All right. It's Dave Ellswick's show for today. Tomorrow, it's going to be from the Dave Ellswick Homestead. I'm going to have a picture tomorrow on my Facebook about 21st Century Talk Radio. I'm going to put like a big flower pot at the bottom of the chair, and the rest of me is going to be naked. All right? I'm just... <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at Russ. Russ is shaking his head. Ellswick, you're a sick puppy. Anyway, that's all coming tomorrow. See you at six o'clock. Have a great day. A little bit of rain today. Seventy-eight for our high.